Oh, yeah. No, I've been moving around. We had uh, events scheduled at apartment communities this morning. Oh, okay. So I've been dropping off mimosas and breakfast tacos and all that good stuff. What? I didn't get an invite for mimosas and breakfast tacos? (laughs) What the heck? Yes, we do yoga and mimosas at the pool. And at another community, we did uh, boot camp and breakfast. Welcome to Wise and Wine, a play on the phrase, rise and shine. Now look here, folks. I've had five jobs in the last two years, and that shit just ain't normal. Or is it? No. No, it's not. So I'm turning to diverse people who inspire me both professionally and personally with careers that didn't exactly start at point A and end at point B. We'll explore how their families, their cultures, and their communities impacted their career decisions, as well as the exact moment they decided to pursue their passions, even if that passion wasn't a direct path to a pension or a 401k. Hopefully, I'll come away knowing how they became the badass, the confident, the strategic people that I admire. And if I don't come out of this project a little wiser, well, at least I'll enjoy the boozy wine ride. Have you ever had the experience where you were introduced to something in life and then once you saw it, you couldn't unsee it? That that's totally where I am right now with rugby. If you go back or you listen to episode 10 with Larome White from the Austin Gilgronies Professional Rugby League here in Texas, um, he was great. He was an easy interview. I loved him. I'm stalking him and his girlfriend now on Instagram. They're they're the cutest. Um, but ever since then, I can't, I feel like I see rugby everywhere. We were driving around town, Scuba Steve and I, and like, oh. There's the new rugby stadium that's coming to Austin. And we were had dinner with a girlfriend of mine, and turns out her boyfriend is a huge rugby fan. So rugby, 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 I can't stop seeing it anywhere. And I bring that up because as I was searching for um, today's Black exceptional person to feature, I ran into, you guessed it, a rugby player. And she's out of England. I don't know how huge the women's rugby league is. I'm basically still learning about men's rugby. But here she is. Um, Not only is she a black woman playing rugby, but she's a black Muslim woman playing rugby in England. And so, you know, what she was saying is she wants to change the face of it. And when she got interested in it, she was looking at different rugby teams and seeing if they had another black person or an Asian person or anybody of color, which is something I do now when I look for jobs is like, who else is there? Because I don't always want to be the only. And so she's been kicking butt at rugby over in England. In fact, they call her the bulldozer. Um, but she's Muslim and she doesn't drink and she wears a headscarf. And so she had to look at the rules to make sure that was okay. And she just kind of on this mission to open up rugby. She has a 
organization called Studs in the Mud, um, where she uses rugby to try and change people's lives for the better. She ships out kits around the world to give people, particularly women and children, a chance to play. And again, beyond encouraging women and black women, she wants to encourage Muslim women to play as well. So if you'd like to look her up, her name is Zainab Alima. And on Instagram, it's Z-E-E-A-L-E-M-A. So there is your black excellence person that's kicking butt all over the world for today. All right, now we're going to introduce our guest. So after my divorce, I moved into this completely overpriced apartment because it was five minutes from my job and my work husband happened to live there. And so my work husband was really supportive when I got divorced and I felt like, okay, I'm living by myself for the first time. It'd be nice to live somewhere where I knew somebody in case something happened, there was somebody nearby to help me out. But he was super enthusiastic about helping me. He went with me on my tour of the apartment. When I signed lease, he was helping me decide between um, a bigger apartment or a smaller one because I'm completely indecisive. And so he was just really supportive of it. And then I realized he was so supportive because he wanted the referral bonus. Yeah. Thanks, Christian. I'm calling you out. But... The complex turned out to be gorgeous and it had amenities like Starbucks coffee that I didn't drink, a tanning bed that my black ass didn't use, but it also did offer weekly personal training sessions in the gym with a personal trainer every Saturday. And so here I am newly single in my 40s, so I decided to check it out. And that's where I met Jimmy. Jimmy is just pure energy and positivity stuffed in the body of the rock. He's huge, but he's very sweet and very encouraging. You'll hear him describe himself as goofy, which he absolutely is. Um, But when I met him, he went above and beyond to provide me with information that I clearly didn't use every week. Um, And so since my mother passed away, last month and my dad's been having some health issues and, you know, I'm looking at my relatives that are older and I'm just like, Ugh, I really need to get a grasp on my health. Um, and so, you know, luckily I am terrible at deleting emails and I just had, I still had Jimmy's in my, um, Jimmy's email in my inbox. And so I just sent him an email. I fired off an email to him really quickly. That was like, Hey, you know, my mother passed away. I'm 40. I need to get serious about my health. I don't know if you want to travel all the way into my house in the country, but um, I would love to work out with you again. And literally 10 minutes later, he's like, I'll see you there. So we've been working together for about a month now. Definitely seeing some results, of course, not in the places that I want to see it in my midsection. Um, And of course, my boobs are getting smaller, which Scuba Steve's not all that happy about. But I definitely see a definition and a change in my legs. And I get to talk to Jimmy a couple times a week every morning. And so it's just really great to have somebody to work out with that's so positive and and is such a good fit for my personality. And, you know, while I'm doing push-ups or a hundred of something, we have time to talk. And so I learned a lot about him and how he started his business and what the heck this industry of 
fitness being involved in apartment complexes. I didn't even know that was a thing. So learned a little bit from him about that. And then just about how he became a trainer and what his background was. Um, Obviously, the goal of my podcast is to interview diverse people. And so you're going to hear me try to push Jimmy about his experience as a black man in the industry and his experience as a black man um, throughout his career. And (laughs) he absolutely refuses to answer it. And I don't say refuses because he's actively avoiding it. I just don't think that Jimmy thinks about life that way. He's very much a work hard play harder kind of person. And it's one of those things where if I'm doing what I love and I'm good at what I'm doing, the money will come, the respect will come. And he comes from a place of I'm going to work hard. If I have to get up at four o'clock in the morning and get three hours of sleep to get shit done, then that's what I'm going to do. So as much as I wanted to press him on the diversity piece, he kind of you know, swerves me on that, but I think it's still a pretty good interview. So without further ado, my trainer, Jimmy Smith from Crave Lifestyle Events and Fitness. It's probably coffee or water, but I'll ask anyway, what are you drinking today? This morning, I'm actually drinking Sunny D. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does that mean I can drink it? Too? One of those do as I say, not as I do. Such- yeah, I'm. I'm going for the vitamin C this this morning. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, you were so funny. Well, tell me about your career, how you got to where you are today. With okay, so it's actually a really funny story. Uh, I've always wanted to be a business owner and, you know, I was just trying to, trying to figure out uh, basically what I wanted to do that I, that I enjoy. And so <laughs> funny thing is my wife and I were at lunch uh, one day and I asked her, I said, uh, honey, how do you feel about doing like boot camps? And yoga at apartment communities. She co-signed those absolutely. She's a she's a property manager um, uh, at an apartment okay. community. So, and I've like we've talked about other ideas, and she's like, mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> so this is the one she finally <laughs> she finally co-signed on. Yeah, and I was okay. like. And if she gave me the green light, then I knew it was going to be a success. Until I trained with you at my apartment, I had no idea that this was even an industry. Well, I think the reason why apartment communities uh, actually started doing or having more like boot camps and, you know, or fitness classes, I should say, Um, you know, if you're driving around every, you see apartment communities on every freaking block and they want to have the best amenities available for their residents. And that's, you know, you look at the gyms today, you know, they're like, they're better than some gyms that are out there. Yeah. So, so, and then it's just also the convenience for residents instead of driving to the gym, they can just Mm -hmm. walk downstairs and take, 
you know, take a class or get personal training. That's the thing. It's like you don't have to pay for gym memberships, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's where, you know, I see that you'll see companies like mine eventually popping up and it's going to be offered at all apartment communities. What did you have to do to adjust for the pandemic? Um, yeah, the pandemic, it was, it was very, it was a, it was a weird time for uh, Crave. Uh, we literally lost all our business in, mm-hmm. within two weeks. Wow. Thank God my sister is the brains of the operation. <laughs> <laughs> decided she said mentioned hey we should do everything virtual i didn't have a clue or didn't know what zoom uh was you know and she sat down and you know talked us through it and with zoom it actually helped us expand uh to several other you know cities that we didn't have an opportunity in to you know venture out to before the pandemic so it, it it just like zoom my sister and and i hate to say the pandemic actually helped kind of put us on the map per se because we're our reach was not just texas but we were able to go uh nationwide being able to change your business model because of this unexpected pandemic isn't a bad thing that's- yeah, we definitely had to make some adjustments. Yeah, yeah, and it, and I'm I, I'm not, uh, but yes, it definitely made us make some adjustments and uh, help us, you know, figure out which direction we want to move towards in the future. All right. Well, I'm going to take you back. Um, we talked a little bit during our training sessions about your career path. So take me back to the very beginning to little Jimmy. Uh, he wanted it when he grew up. I mean, did you always want to be a business owner? How did you go from little Jimmy to the business owner that you are today? You, you know, I've, I've always wanted to be a business owner, but I didn't. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and um, I actually. The funny thing is, um, so I used to be a property manager uh, for many years, and then I switched from property manager to be and to the vendor side and I started training property managers and regionals and they all said that you know you should do this for a business but I really didn't it, people that I train with know I don't do it for the money I like the mm-hmm. satisfaction of seeing the people I train reach their goals so it was, you know, you're, it's like, yeah, but it, it wasn't for the money. Um, then you get to a point where, uh, you know, as a vendor and, you know, everyone says, like, you can be successful doing what you're doing because of, you know, personality or whatever. So I, I took a leap of faith and decided, you know what? And then with my wife co-signing on, that's a great business model. I said, let's do it. And, you know, one thing led to another. And, and, here, and here you are. And here <laughs> so I am what today. Have you, 
you said that you don't did it you don't do it for the money but money is is ultimately important so what is it yes. about starting a business that surprised you what is it about that you knew when you started that would have helped you today to be honest with you it is <laughs> i trust too I, I trust too much mm. and with learning, I, you know, I didn't realize I, everyone that I brought on, I felt like, you know, I could count on them. They were reliable and had the same mindset as I do. So you learn when you have to depend on other people, they don't think like you do. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah. where it's, you know, Make sure you get to the property 10 minutes before instead of like right on time. Um, you know, it's those things that you have to, you know, you have to learn and work out different personalities and different people that you're working out with. And then once you, you know, because I don't, I've never felt like I should have to tell someone what to do. They should know. Mm -hmm. Um. So it, it just forced us to uh, do like, you know, handbooks and stuff like that. So we're, we're all on the, everyone's on the same page. So that was the hardest challenge that I had in the beginning. And have you, do I understand it properly that you kind of moved from having business partners to now really you're, you're mostly family owned, like your, your wife, your brother-in-law, your sister, like you're mostly family owned business at this point? We're 100% family owned and operated. Perfect. <laughs> what are the positives and maybe of working with your family? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you know, but I tell you the beautiful thing about it, uh, Jennifer, is that we all get along. Mm -hmm. And like our brainstorming sessions are great because every Sunday we get together, we have brainstorming sessions. No one is, you know, we all have the same title. So, and we, we sit down and we, you know, the thing is, it's like, okay, let's try it. Let's see if it works. If it doesn't work, the beauty about being a business owner is, okay, that didn't work. Let's, let's go with your idea next, you know? Right. So mm -hmm. it's it's never, you know, uh, no one is better than the other. It's we all come to an agreement and then we, you know, whatever idea that we feel like is best, we try it. And if it doesn't work, we make adjustments, you know, and add someone else's idea in the in the fold. But it's it's a beautiful thing. Uh, and I love the fact that we get to spend time together as a family which is to me is beautiful oh, warm fuzzies <laughs> <laughs> you're, so, you're, so, you're so positive <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> well 
as a kid, I remember my mom going to, you know, jazzercise and step aerobics classes, but it feels like the fitness industry has emerged and boomed in a way that didn't exist when I was a kid. So how did you even get into it? And what do you wish people of color knew or did better when it comes to fitness? So, you know, I played sports in high school and hanging. I always, you know, hung around the gym and I just loved like just hanging out with the guys, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. during high school, junior high, I was just always in the gym. And, you know, when you start to see like your body and your like progressing and like your performance uh, progress, you know, it was, mm-hmm. uh, I enjoy that, you know, just getting, just getting better. Um, and then, you know, not just people of color, but, you know, all people, I just wish they would spend more time investing in their actual health. You know, um, we, we always, you know, we, like now it's for, all people we just do we are more concerned about appearance like you know pretty white teeth (laughs) um you know just appearance and you know having a burberry shirt um you know (laughs) you don't know what any of that stuff is you're pulling that out of your your butt (laughs) burberry shirt i mean what is that (laughs) exactly um so it's just, you know, I mean, health for health, like working out and like true health is the last thing we, we always, the last thing we care about until we have to go into the doctor. We don't invest enough time and energy in our health, you know, and they, they just have the wrong conception of, oh, I got to work out six days a week or something like that you know as long as you're you're up and you're moving around i mean it'll save save you a lot of money in the long run you know when you're going to the doctor that's just one of the things it's just we don't invest enough time in actual health so how is uh crave lifestyle events and fitness addressing some of those opportunities well, we do a lot of volunteer work with uh, Boys and Girls Club, uh, Big Brother Sister. Um, we do events at apartment communities for like, uh, we do backpack, uh, we do school supplies and backpacks every year. Uh, before school starts, just so we can mm-hmm. get the young generation, you know, started in and helping them understand about working out and being, you know, and how important it is to work out. So we do a lot of uh, volunteer work um, just so we can reach the young people and get them started on the, a healthy path, I should say. Well, now I have a theory based on zero research or facts that people are successful in careers that allow them to integrate their personalities into their work. So has that been your experience and how has your personality shown up in your career? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. 
my personality. <laughs> yes, that one. Well, you already know I'm goofy, so <laughs> yes. I, it's at six I, o'clock in the morning. I, I can't. Yeah, I, I, I can't <laughs> help it. I can't. I just. I don't understand. Or I, I try to be serious, but it just doesn't work for me. Um, you know, the, like I said earlier, the people that I I I train. They know I don't do it for the money. I mean, Gress, yes, we need, you know, I, I mean, I need money, but that's not important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I care, what I truly care about is like, you know, the people that I train reaching their their goals. So when you have a trainer that truly cares about your goals and that's goofy, seeing that person at six o'clock in the morning (laughs) you know really motivates you to like keep just really keep it going instead of just someone you know barking uh you know three more seven more you know so i think uh those two factors really you know help me with uh for me speaking generally with my success, just being goofy and truly caring about uh, the people that I train. Okay. Now I know I'm a very easy client, but have you had a, a kind of a difficult client that either follow your instructions or, you know, when you tell them to do 10 and they just say I can't or just made a lot of excuses so how have you have you had like a terrible terrible client and how did you get past how did you break through to that person yes and so you know I'm not a really good fit for everyone that I train Mm. you know and thank god that we have a lot of uh different trainers on board so for me after our third or fourth session, and it's really a challenge because uh, you know some personality too. Yeah, uh, I would bring in a different trainer just to see if those two people click, hmm. and I would not necessarily pass them off to another trainer, but I, you know, I'll, I'll. I'll let that person work out with someone else that they click with, because that's really the most important thing is I think once you, if you're clicking with someone, then you'll get uh, the best out of that person. And it goes both ways. Right. Well, and that's a good question, actually. So when somebody's looking for a trainer, how do they know, somebody's going to be a good fit for them. What should somebody who's looking for a trainer ask or be looking for when they're finding somebody that would be a good fit? When you, yeah. When you do your consult, your first consultation, you, you'll know uh, if you're going to click with that person or not. Um, you know, like I said before, I'm really goofy and it, I don't know how to shut it off. <laughs> so when I <laughs> uh huh, I know. Stop. 
<laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know how to shut it off. So, you know, when I go and talk to someone for the first time and if they're, you know, and I understand this is their, their life and what their, you know, what their goals are and they're, they're trying to reach their goals. And if they're just, uh, you know, if we don't like click in the beginning, you know, then mm-hmm. I'll let them know it's, we're not going to be a good fit because I'm, it's, I don't want to take some, I don't want to waste that person's time. I don't want to take their money if I'm not going to be a good fit because they're not going to reach their goals. And, you know, it's going to reflect who I am as a person and a trainer. So I, I just, I'll send them to someone else. We have, we have, we have 75 trainers on board. I'm sure I can find someone. (laughs) (laughs) The problem is you crazy person. (laughs) Yeah. You got to start with the man, start with the man in the mirror. (laughs) All right. Well, you did. I don't know anybody that started a business because it's it's have a mentor along the way. So, did you have somebody that you looked up to that maybe mentored you um, to kind of confirm, yes, this is the career I want, and this is how I'm going to get there? I uh, yes. Uh, the owner of Flooring Warehouse, uh, his name is Matt. Matt Peoples, super good guy, have sat and smoked a bunch of cigars and had a lot of drinks. <laughs> still to this, still to this day, uh, he is my mentor, and I love him dearly because I can, I can always call him. He's always there for me. And he has, and still to this day, steers me in the, I feel like he's steering us in the right direction. Um, Matt, uh, he has a $12 million flooring company in the apartment industry. Mm -hmm. His employees love him. They will do anything for him. And that's what I want to be is where the people that work for me or us, where it's a, we have the family environment. And so that's how I kind of, you know, I want to be, or that's how I try to be. I mean, I'm of course myself, but at the same time, I, you know, I look at Matt and I take a lot of stuff from him and incorporate that into uh, Crave. Well, you are so stinking positive and goofy. I feel like I know what your answer is going to be, but I'll ask you, I think being a black man has ever impacted or affected your career? Positively or negatively? Um, you know, the only thing I can say about that is, uh, you know, you want to break the stereotype chain. Mm-hmm. So everything that I do, and you can contest to this, is I always show up on time. <laughs> yep. Even late. early sometimes. You, you, you caught me off guard the other day. I was like, oh, he's early. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Never, never, never late because you know what they say. And when I tell someone that I am going to do something, I do it. You know, because as a man of color, we, you know, as far as the stereotypes is that we, a lot of people, when we say we're going to do something, they're like, yeah, right, whatever. And, you know, I don't want to be or have that image labeled to to me at all. So when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And I'm always on time. Always on time. Yeah. Well, I think it's 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 what we always hear. You have, you have to work twice as hard to get past the stereotype. Yes, you're absolutely right. And those are the two things that, you know, um, they look at is if you say you're going to do something and just as, you know, just as a human being in general, if you're going to, you tell someone you're going to do something, then do it because they are expecting you to do it. They're counting on you to do it. So, you know, just be a person of your word. And yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I think I'm on time. It's just because I'm anxious. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't sleep. <laughs> because I don't sleep. So I just, I just, just go ahead, and, you know, get it started. Start the day. <laughs> now, I can, I didn't do this question so I can cut it out if, if you're, you don't want to answer it. But um, of stanky leg. <laughs> and I ask I actually have a reason for asking and I don't know how you feel about it but I think that I don't know if you consider it a, a disability but I think to for people because my brother was born um three months premature he had to do a lot with like physical and um you know speech therapy and all of this stuff so that he could run and jump and play like mm-hmm. all the other did and so you know now to see him be this thriving man but a lot of that came from him putting in all this work at the gym until you said something and then I was like oh but look at him he's this big progressive man that has this stanky leg that doesn't seem to get in his way so that's really why I asked <laughs> yes I'm okay talking about it so okay five years ago maybe five years ago um, something came over my body that I wasn't sure what was going on like um, we thought it was uh, diabetes Hmm. Um, you know so I started watching you know I mean I've always watched what I eight but I mean I have a sweet tooth so sometimes I'll eat a like a a bag of Oreo cookies in one sitting. Good night. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was rare, but when <laughs> the sweet tooth kicked in, oh it, I could do some damage. <laughs> um so I felt this uh you know stinging sensation in my feet, my legs, my hands and my arms. Um, and I kind of just like blew it off going, mm-hmm. 
you know, I had a like really intense workout. Um, and I, at the time too, I just started doing, uh, grappling. So I thought that was part of it as well. Mm-hmm. So I woke up one morning and I wasn't able to walk, like literally could not walk. Um, went to the doctor, they couldn't figure it out. So for, Six months, I was in a wheelchair and mm. going to see doctor after doctor, uh, trying to figure out why I wasn't able to walk and my legs were all shaky. So then there's a young lady, uh, Kimberly, and I, to this day, she saved my life, um, said, you should do, uh, come by and we'll do some acupuncture. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't believe in it. It's like, you know, yeah. And uh, my daughter and my wife was like, dad, just try it. And let's just see what happens. So she goes, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to detox. You're going to do detox. Um, So I detoxed and she started uh, treating me. After my uh, 10th session, she had me walking with a uh, a walker, you know, maybe by the, I don't know, 20th, 25th session, uh, I was able to walk with a cane. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, it was we had to detox my pancreas. It was my pancreas that was giving me problems. But now, be because we caught it too late, is every time I work out, <laughs> my right <laughs> leg, <laughs> my right <laughs> leg shakes. <laughs> <laughs> so my, <laughs> I'm like you'll see sometimes when I'm standing there and it'll, my leg it just starts to shake start shaking <laughs> yeah. so I was I was working out with my best friend my best friend he goes my leg started shaking he goes oh check out stanky leg <laughs> <laughs> See, and I love that that made you laugh versus being offended and wanting to punch your friend. You're just like, yep, that's me. I started laughing. So everyone just started calling me Stanky Leg. (laughs) But it doesn't. I mean, for that to... And that has to be scary for you, for somebody who is fit to then be confined to a wheelchair. And so... Yeah, I think to what you're saying is that people concentrating on their health is a big deal and not and understanding that all this other stuff is connected to your health. So what is it that you want people to know from this podcast about their health? You know, the the only thing I would say is this. I mean, I was in the gym literally all the time, you know, and let's just say if I wasn't in the gym and I was 
not necessarily overweight, but not healthy. I mean, it literally lost my life. And I believe that because I was living a healthy lifestyle, that somewhat, you know, helped me getting back to being able to, to walk because I've seen, you know, I mean, you know, like part of it is being diabetic is where they have to cut off their, if you, you know, their feet and their, our legs up to their knees. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, I mean, you don't have to work out all the time, but just, you know, just incorporate it in your lifestyle. And that's where, that's where it will make a huge difference. So your business is, is a family business. So we've talked about your wife and your kids, but what about your family? Like, did your parents have an idea of success that they kind of passed on to you? And did that map was success? So Jennifer, my parents actually, when I was a young boy passed away uh Mm. my mother passed away when i was nine and my father passed away when i was 14 oh wow i'm so sorry yeah no 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 um so you know um so when we like bounced around from house to house grandmother uncle aunt you know, um, growing up and sometimes my family and I was apart. That's why today it's so important to me that we spend, you know, time together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I took up like the own meaning of success for me. Uh, it's the fact that we have uh, a family business. And we get to enjoy time together, you know, and we're able to like do family trips together and things like that. And that to me, I believe is success. That's how I see success is when you're able to do things with your family. What is it that you want this business to do like when you can step back and say oh yeah I did it what what does that look like for you when we are a nationwide company that's when I don't well I'll first of all I'll never stop grinding it's just in my DNA um but when we are a nationwide company that's when I can say we did it because that's the, that's the ultimate goal is being nationwide. And that's, yeah. that's what we're striving for. We're in five States now, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, we're going to add two more this year. Wow. So yeah, nationwide, that's, that's the goal. Uh-huh. Well, where can my, you know, four listeners to my podcast find Crave Lifestyle Events and Fitness. Where can they find your, on social media, where can they find your events? Um, so you can check, if you live in an apartment community, 
tell your manager that you want some crave in your life. <laughs> uh, and you can find us at uh, crave underscore lifestyle underscore us on Instagram. And you can find Jimmy Stanky Leg on, <laughs> <laughs> on Facebook. So <laughs> and uh yeah that's that's what we're doing right now that's all that we're doing right now.